This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I am one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. Join alongside Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. And Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Mike. Um, uh, I have the Delta variant of the novel coronavirus uh, as I've, as our patrons know, and as you know, of course, um, we don't have Aaron here today. He's on assignment, so might be, might be a weird show because uh, I'm going to have weird energy. Probably, I might fall asleep in the middle of the show. Um, so we'll be relying on Mike probably to do the latter, you know, forty percent of the podcast or thereabouts. <laughs> uh, but I am, I'm not <laughs> super high energy, um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but, you know, a, a pretty good episode of Dynamite here. Uh, that'll hopefully carry us through it. How are you doing, Mike? You know, I'm doing all right. It's something that, uh, at least around here, I don't know how or why, but it's been the uh, most damp year since I've moved up to the Carolinas. And I'm actually starting to experience erosion in my backyard, which is kind of wild. Like, just there's so much water that, like, things can't the the soil and the clay can't retain it and that was something that as i was letting out the dog before getting up here recording i was like oh wow i have like a gully in the middle of my small backyard <laughs> like like a literal like gully that that has like been carved out by my gutter going out there so that's what's been on my mind yeah this was a really fun episode of dynamite this was an episode of dynamite where there was one match i was primarily interested in and it went on first and then Everything else, you know, has kind of went hot and heavy. I, I'm someone that, like, I've that there is always a point, usually in a dynamite where I, where like the fatigue gets in, everything happens so much. But this one kind of felt like it was just a very complete two hours and it just felt like that everything flowed together, maybe flowed together a little bit too well sometimes. But we'll get into more of that in a second. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at everything elite nate is at epitasis i am at fujiheya aaron is on assignment tonight but you could follow him at aaron like the car subscribe to the podcast we're on all the platforms and applications i mean new ones are popping up each day nate like new like websites new come lately's have, have been popping up lately i don't know what why people make new uh podcast platforms in 2021 i feel like we're pretty much done with that you know but there's more, and we're on them. Yeah, hey, as long as we're there, that's fine. You know, we, th that's my one requirement. If you're starting a podcast platform out there, is that you have us on. Yeah, no, if you don't have us on here, then what you're doing. But if you are using the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review us. Five stars only, please. Those really help out. And the best way to support everything elite is on patreon at patreon.com slash everything elite we will get into it later all the goodies we have there but as we are one to do after this 
second anniversary edition of Dynamite, it is time for us to play Elite or Delete. And for new listeners, this is where we pick out our favorite things of the show and then our least favorite things of the show. Because, Nate, I don't know about you, but I come to like criticism and stuff like this that you have to hold the things you love to the fire. And even on a very fun episode, I feel like there, there'll be some stuff we can get into on the Elite portion, but... What was your elite pick? What what was your favorite thing on tonight's show? Um, so yeah, that's tough. I think there were really two standout segments. Um, it is, you know, uh, when you're sick, you kind of just don't don't like things as much. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm like I'm like ninety for ninety five percent back to to full health, but uh, it's still like. You know, if it was a if it was a typical what they say Wednesday, and I was off work, it'd be like, oh, this is beautiful. I can, I can sit here on the couch and I can play video games all day, and I can watch a movie, and I can do just really anything other than other than work. Uh, but then, just when you're sick, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have the energy to to do any of that, even though it's you know not that it requires a lot of energy, um, if that makes any sense. So it it it's hard to sort of. Uh, you know, uh, get your interest peaked, get your energy up, get your, uh, excitement up. But, uh, I thought the, I guess the main event finish, well, not even the main event finish, the main event winner would be my elite selection, uh, for this show, Adam hangman page coming back as the Joker in this match, uh, to a, to a big reaction an Adam Cole esque reaction on this show, um, coming in, and as he always does, bring in a ton of babyface fire, you know, running wild on however many guys, six guys getting cut off by pack. And then, you know, ultimately coming uh, and winning the big ladder match to get his poker chip. That'll give him a future AEW title shot. Um, you know, you can, you, you can imagine a wrestling company where uh, they overthink this and this doesn't come off as well as it does. And the people don't get what they want. And, uh, you know, Adam Cole comes back as the Joker and he gets cut off and, uh, you know, somebody else grabs the title opportunity instead uh, just to, to keep us waiting for it. Um, but we've now finally got the big Adam Page and Kenny Omega title match set up. It's what has really been the story of the promotion from the beginning. They talked about on commentary how Adam Page and Pac was one of the uh, first feuds in the company that was from the original press conference, pretty much setting them up as the two title contenders. Um, and they, they, you know, paid homage to that in this match here, uh, an effective, an effective way. Adam page taking out pack with the same move that he used to win at all in. Uh, and then, you know, Adam page, the Joker again, the second time he's been the Joker after first being the Joker at double or nothing and getting the, the big reaction there to set him up as the, the title challenger. So, I think just some kind of, uh, you know, cool parallels, some cool uh, 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 poetic, uh, you know, finish here to these to these two years of AEW, where really the guy who was the first AEW homegrown star, uh, you know, didn't didn't get out of the blocks and get established as that world title level guy. I think the way that maybe they imagined or we imagined. Um, but they've they've kept them building and coming along slowly throughout the history of the promotion and the crowd reactions continue to bear out that he's the crowd's guy he's the AEW hardcore's guy 
uh, and now they're paying that off and right at the two year anniversary here, uh, making that all come full circle so that he's finally going to get the big title match with Kenny Omega that they were, uh, you know, uh, really been teasing since, I don't know, it's like, like Halloween of the first year, I think was in the first time <laughs> I turned up on BTE that they were going to feud. Um, so that was cool. I was like, yeah, that was cool. Adam Page is cool. Huge baby face, all the fire in the world. Um, and now we got a big title match for, I guess, the next pay-per-view probably. Yeah, and it's something that I I genuinely like doing uh, heat checks every once in a while. And one of the big heat checks was when they came back to crowds, like, oh, is Hangman still going to really carry the momentum that he was really starting to have before COVID hit? And the answer there was a euphoric yes. And then it's, oh, now that we have a promotion that has CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, is this going to be something where the homegrowns or not even like the uh, the four pillars, but like the people that like grind that like grinded their way to the promotion, like Hangman Page did? And the answer there very clearly is yes, he very much so. And it was something that on light today, I kind of was under the impression that this would be probably a future TV title match just because, I mean, building to full gear in Minneapolis on the 13th of November, it's 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 a awkward time, Nate, I would say, because it, it's like the perfect amount of time, I would say, to like do a extended program building up to it. But it's also something that this is a promotion that is more than willing to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do our world, world title change on TV. So it's really interesting to see where they can go over there. And as you're saying, like, the crowd was insane. So it just like the, the entire match, like a uh, pack being put in there, of course, pops me and eight, but like the fact that it, it really felt like, Oh yeah, pack is here and he's going to be a crazy person. Orange Cassidy and Andrade. That's a match now that I want to see that came out of this match. And you, you just had a, a whole lot of stuff there. And I mean, John Moxley in a city that's pretty near and dear to him, managing first to get a superstar reaction. And then when Hangman Page came out and in a closing stretch, getting booze for the first time in the promotion, really, like, really told us that, like, Hangman is the anointed guy. And it's something that'll be kind of interesting because I still think you could still do Omega versus Danielson without the title, even though they've kind of made it there. But do you think the iron's hot now after the reaction of his return, or do you think it's something that you build out and you see you, you see how things go over the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for a better starting point for this build, I think, in terms of how hot he was. I think uh, you're totally right that that Adam Hangman Page was over enough as a babyface to get John Moxley booed out here is a uh, great testament to, to how much they succeeded with getting him hot. Um, and... Yeah, it is, you know, their their track record, I guess, with these sort of pay-per-view builds is is a little confusing. It's hard to to know that they're going to, you know, nail a, I don't know what that is, six-week title build or something when they've already got the match established. Um, but if you, it seems like they should be able, it seems like a competent pro wrestling company should be able to do, hey, these two people are wrestling in six weeks for the title. They've got all this history. They've got all this, uh, uh, you know, baggage you can look back on. Um, and you should be able to make hay out of that and make it an even hotter title program. Um, that's something that a, a good wrestling promotion should be able to do. So let's hope that they're able to do it if that's when it's happening. Um, 
the yeah the other thing about the match is they're really good at setting out these multi-man uh matches where you know everybody sort of has a little story in it and everybody has a feud in it and they all you know kind of have some interplay so everybody uh makes a little hay on whatever story they're going on um and it you know keeps the match exciting and it makes uh everybody kind of a player in the match even if they're not going to factor into the finish or whatever um so that was another positive thing that you know basically everybody coming into this match we already knew, uh, you know, exactly who there are a few buddies. You had Moxley and Archer had a few. They played that out great where, uh, you know, Archer goes out to meet him in the crowd and, and start fighting with him before he even gets to the ring. Um, you had Pac and Andrade have had their thing. Um, that'll, uh, you know, went to, a, went to a fuck finish in their big match that was built. Uh, so that seems to be a, a continuing rivalry. And you had this thing with Orange and Matt Hardy. Um that's ongoing presumably, but I, I, I totally think you're right. Cause we've seen orange and pack before. And they again called back to that, uh, at, at revolution. Uh, but yeah, pack, no, not pack. orange and Andrade, uh, was instantly exciting to me when they did whatever, you know, the triple flipping over head scissors with his hands in his pockets. Uh, that was awesome. Um, and, and you'd like to think that they would have a whole bunch of ideas, right? Especially cause, you can play off the the tranquilo thing with Andrade and Orange being, you know, lazy and and too cool for school or whatever. Uh, So you got to imagine there's a great match there at some time in the future. Um, Just, you know, hopefully we get to it at some point. It's not a just whatever Andrade fuck finish kind of thing. But yeah, so I thought the match was pretty much a success for all those reasons. Uh, If I do want to make a complaint about it, though, uh, the finish was just Paige and, and Moxley on top of the ladder. And they didn't really, they kind of, you know, they, they just traded p- punches for, you know, a really long time. Uh, and then they just kind of stopped. And then Mox was like, all right, like takes a step down and just falls off. Uh, kind of a flat, uh, you know, exclamation mark on the match for, for Hangman Page. And it's like, yeah, okay. He outlasted Moxley. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe he could have done some kind of bigger move than Moxley just being like, all right, I'm getting off the ladder now. Right, yeah, and it's something that, like, that felt very uh, E-drone-like. Like, that felt like an E-drone kind of fish. Like, we're, we're, like, brawling on top of the ladder, then one guy falls off. And that happened after he did the dead eye off the ladder through a table. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, like, that That felt like the finish to me. And then, like, he was wiped out, which I'd say, great subversion of expectations. Like, saying, like, okay, that's not the finish. You would think this is, and you're going to think he's out. And that's when the crowd really was starting to boo John Moxley, and then he pops back in the ring and does that. But, yeah, no, the finish, after some of the stuff happened in the match, did feel somewhat flat in it. And it's something that's, like, those were the two last people in the match. Like, if we really want to get granular, they would have accumulated the least amount of damage. Like, like you shouldn't have to fall off a ladder like that. So I, I totally see your point there. Yeah, just something... Something bigger. I don't know. I, I guess there's a there's a bias in ladder matches that they always they want to end them with like multiple people on the ladder. Like oh right, you know the oh these are our two final people who are going to be closest, which means we have to do the shot of both of them at the top of the ladder fighting over it. Uh, and that, that I don't know if that's always the best uh, or most exciting or most interesting or or most dynamic finish to. A ladder match is always going to that. Like maybe just have, uh, you know, 
hangman lay him out with the buckshot lariat and throw him out and then he's got the ring to himself and he can set it up and climb it i don't know that, that was just a little bit of like oh okay i guess i guess he's gonna win the match i guess it's over now yeah it's something that like i feel like you could have had a moment where like everyone's cleared and then like you soak in the emotion of oh after the last two years like he is now back where he was when the promotion started and him slowly crawling up the ladder and i feel like that could have been more effective than that uh Something that my elite kind of plays off of the idea of how we had like these like interwoven things happen in the ladder match. I feel like this show, which sometimes it feels like there's some very distinct things happening that people are in their own little worlds. And it's like, all right, they all coexist in this promotion, but it's not necessarily feels, I don't want to say coherent. It doesn't always feel like everything is like meshing as well as things mesh. And I like this was a night where it felt like everyone was in a promotion together. Everyone was kind of interacting and were like having just like various things going on. Of course, the TBS championship was announced tonight, officially, finally. That that felt like one of the worst kept secrets going on today. And like the idea of that, like the, they had the promo, they had the, like the quick fire promo for that. And then you immediately had Britt Baker later commenting on that. So it's like, okay, that's all kind of interwoven. And then you also have the... Uh, the Dante Martin and Malachi Black uh, angle that happened, setting up that future match. And then Leo Rush is here commenting on this saying, hey, uh, Dante Martin, you're an unvalued commodity right now. I want to help you out with this. I want to take advantage of this here. And it was something that kind of felt nice and it felt like that was like a coherent universe. And it's something like on a show where like there's a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. It was the kind of thing that like I kind of sat back after the show was over. And I was like, this felt like everything was kind of interplaying with each other and everyone like existed together in a way that does not necessarily feel like week to week, but this week, everything did. I mean, you even had like, you, you had men of the year and America top team coming out right after the Sammy Guevara match. Like you, everything kind of flowed together. And I think that's something that on a show that sometimes like you'll have a very strong first 40 minutes or last 40 minutes and the rest of it sometimes tails off or it's building up to this. This felt like that everything kind of worked together from the jump. And it, and it was something that I think that's why I kind of walked away with this from the show being pretty impressed with it. Yeah, I think they've gotten better uh, in the last, I don't know, maybe maybe couple months of hitting those quick backstage pre-tapes just to um it's something we've seen with the women's division a lot especially like coming out of the uh the battle royale um where they hit you know six people and it's like okay we're, we're doing this women's title tournament we're gonna hit the uh, takes from six people and remind you who six players are in the women's division or whatever um and they've done that more and more it's just like very quick hits to backstage pre-tapes which um is something that i i, I think is great for them to do because it keeps the show moving at a you know uh, a quick pace um it kind of keeps your your energy and excitement up because you're not just looking at the same shot uh all day long you know you're you're moving around the arena really quickly uh, and it just keeps you know more people in the promotion fresh in your mind and is like hey well uh here's what this person thinks about this um and you know now you just have a little more insight into their character or whatever so when they turn up for their one dynamite match in three months or whatever, and you can at least go, Hey, yeah, that's right. They care about this thing. And, and they're going to have this match for this reason. Um, but yeah, the, the Dante Martin and, and Malachi black thing, I thought was a really pleasant surprise. Um, 
the you know when he first really i think had that really big breakout match of his with uh kenny i was like well that was awesome it's so great that they you know give this kid this this chance to come out here and shine like that especially against their uh champion but um you know just with the history of the promotion it's like sometimes they forget about people for six months um so i was concerned like is he going to be another guy that they you know establish in three weeks straight on television and then just kind of put in the background for you know literally half a year uh so it's great to see that they've continued to, to cycle him in on tv uh and this was like just a super pleasant surprise that it's like, hey, not only uh, is he going to be, you know, in a little program here or whatever, but he's going to get some mic time. I thought he did a great job asserting himself there, uh, despite, you know, basically no television promo experience. Um, got exactly the reaction you want where he's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I think I can take on anybody. And the crowd's like, yeah, we think you can too. That was awesome. Uh, and then really <laughs> a kind of perfect uh, uh capper to that situation it's like oh i actually accept this guy this guy's gonna fucking kick your ass and the crowd's gonna be like you fucked up uh with malachi black coming out so that was a nice little twist that's gonna be a cool match and that's you know a, a great next program for malachi black where it's like hey now i can destroy another guy people are gonna uh, enjoy seeing me destroy a guy again uh but malachi black gets his first little you know singles feud experience or whatever it is so a, a great way to advance both those characters um and what was the other one that you shouted out that was also good oh the the american top team thing mm-hmm. yeah that was that was another pleasant surprise we were like yeah we know sammy and and jericho are uh whatever inner circle even though that's like you know kind of faded to the background um but that's just a good thing where it's like hey all these characters wrestlers can have different relationships uh and you can use it to your advantage and stuff like that it's like well yeah well sammy's mostly with fuego now um but, you know, Dan Lambert's still going to use it to his advantage um, and just makes that makes that whole segment more exciting, more dynamic, uh, you know, gave us a, a purpose for having this match on the show in the first place. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, you know, Lambert getting booed out of the building in that promo after the fact when Jericho came out. So, uh, yeah, just a, a good sense of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if anything can happen is the right uh, terminology to use exactly um no one's just, off limits maybe yeah it, it it feels like a a living breathing promotion it's not a uh you know promotion where everybody's segmented in these little things and you you write out with your pencil you know this guy's gonna feud with this guy and he's gonna cut a promo on him blah 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 it's like no these these characters are kind of living and breathing and and they're all existing in this arena at the same time uh and then you just kind of shake them up and, and, and see what comes out. And, uh, you know, on this show, and I think on more often than not on their television show recently, uh, you get kind of a, a lively, exciting mix. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So listener elite with Aaron gone, we're going to have two listener elites. The first one is Sean Thurman bringing up, building up the Sheeta win only to have her lose, which, you know, that that was something as soon as I saw that crystal, it's like, oh, this is gonna get involved in the match somehow. Real cutco ass uh best in district crystal that Hikarashita was getting for her big milestone. So I, I really like that. And then Cowboy Bane said, uh honestly, Cody saying, What are you gonna do? Shoot me to Arn. So two <laughs> strong, strong listener elites here. And if you want to if you want to submit your own listener elite, uh sign up at patreon.com slash everything elite. 
in the discord we have just uh, on the show we have a channel for everything uh for elite or delete and you just drop them in there and we'll talk about them on the show all right nate so i was pretty high on the show i know that this is a uh, covid game for you and that kind of affects things what were the things on the show that you would that you didn't like what would you delete from tonight's program um kind of a broken record on this uh the team taz thing is just always you know the, so the team taz program with with punk was was going pretty great right um then we go back brian cage is back he's back in the promotion he shows up um to to shut down ricky starks who was promoing on him in the ring I don't know. All these, this is this. It's kind of the same story with the Team Taz feud with Darby, where it's like I feel like we've seen this segment sixteen times, uh, and this now is going back to the promotion before it had CM Punk, and the promotion before it had Brian Danielson, and the promotion uh, before it, you know, upgraded and and became a more important promotion, um, and we're just going back to these like afterthought angles where half the time they were doing them like during the ad break or they were doing it like during the dark taping and then they do like a recap on dynamite right where it's like hey ricky starks is here uh and he's gonna promo on brian cage and then brian cage is gonna run out with no shirt on he's gonna chase him off uh and it feels like we've done it 15 times uh it feels like it's not that important to the promotion it feels that the promotion doesn't really care about it because it's always the shortest segment on the show and it's always jammed in immediately after or immediately before an ad break or whatever. Um, and it, I, I just, I, I guess I don't even mind that the promotion doesn't really care about it. Cause I don't really care about it. Cause I don't care about Brian Cage's baby face. I think that sucks. Um, you know, Ricky's good, but Ricky hasn't had an opportunity really to, to show us what he's about. He did, he had like a cool pre-tape, but here it, you know, there was nothing to this promo, really. He's just like, hey, Brian Cage is a lunkhead. I don't know. There's just nothing for me here. Um, and it, it seems like the promotion is as disinterested in it as I am. Uh, and yet they keep doing it for month after month after month after month. It seems like this promotion or this feud with Brian Cage turning babyface has been going on for, I don't know, four months at this point. Uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why that's the story of every Team Taz angle. <laughs> it it's something where it something that struck me when Ricky came out was on the lower third when they said Ricky defeated Brian Cage for the title in July 25th. Uh I think it was tw- July 25th, but it was in July. And it's like, "Oh, this feud has entered is about to enter its third month." And I know some of it is Ricky's like neck and he's not and it's something that, you know, you, you don't this is not probably a match that they want to have if Ricky's not like totally ready to do so which maybe prolongs a little bit but then you just don't have then you just don't bring it up you bring it up later <laughs> yeah or i don't i don't know why why they flip the title to on like that was all after the neck injury was flipping the title on to him yeah in his um, hometown to right. be, or his adopted which, hometown which was the peak of this storyline by by leaps and bounds like it was five times as good as anything else in the program has been uh and yeah the program just keeps stretching up yeah, I just and it's something that I know that like you had Ricky out there alone and with Ricky, yeah, of course, Ricky's a great promo, but like with like Taz in Philadelphia, I know that they probably wanted to keep it a heel reaction, but it felt like that in a way that Taz 
is one of the things that's making this work in a way, I would say. So just kind of it, 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 it's something that's very hard for me to be enthused. And it does seem like they're finally blowing it off on Friday with a street fight. One would hope to be honest up. Uh, my del- I, yeah, I but know. like, why, why, why is it now? It's it just totally arbitrary. It like, please blow it off. Absolutely, like, please, I'm, um, uh, you know, blow Brian Cage as a babyface off the television altogether for one thing. Uh, but yes, for sure, please blow this feud off. But why? Why is it the 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 blow off of the feud now? Except that it's been dragging on for four months. Like, there's no, there's no logic in the story where it's like, hey, you know, where this is going to be the end of it. There's no natural breaking point where it's like you know we've been going at it and now you did this and i did that uh and now it makes both the sense for both of us to be like okay this is the end of it um there's none of that it's just like the same thing that it's always been which is one guy's out promoing and then brian cage runs out with his shirt off uh and you know the hook and powerhouse hobbs are there that i i just don't get why every team taz angle is the same thing 15 times on television like let somebody else do the same thing on television every week. <laughs> yeah, and it's something that's like, all right, like, what do you do, like, like with this, like, the storyline, like, after it's like, like, the storyline's been played out at such a point, like, and it was something that, like, I really enjoyed the Ricky video from last week, and I was like, all right, we're getting to see a different side of it, then we're promptly right back to this. So, uh, yeah, like, w- how much of a fr- breath of fresh air would it be? to let Ricky play off somebody else for a couple of weeks. Like remember when Ricky was coming out and, and painted his face like Darby and imitating Darby and doing all that stuff. And it's like, Oh my God, let him sink his teeth into some other character, uh, some other guy instead of this, <laughs> this, this, you know, Brian Cage, he's, he's big muscle man. Yeah. Uh, so my delete is the Darby Allen versus Nick Camarado match. And this is, probably a issue that you do not have uh i i know that with covid you have to be careful about where you're going but uh i'm assuming that in your as you're convalescing you're watching this from the azores of course but if you are watching this on tv or on a streaming service basically the entire match was during the commercial break and it just was Yeah, real bummer. And this was after on Dark last night, it was Nick Camarado versus Orange Cassidy. And it was a fun little match. Like, it was exactly what you expect that match to be. Nick Camarado got to throw him around a lot. And then Orange Cassidy won with uh, two orange punches and then a beach break, which, you know, made Camarado look strong because Camarado is a big guy and you can go down with one punch. And then we, like, the match started. And we had like a minute of it and then went to a long commercial break. The rest of it happened in picture picture came right back. Darby hit the coffin drop. Boom. And it's just one of those things that, you know, you have the picture in picture. It's something that is very appealing to advertisers, but it's just one of those things that just like, it was neat the time that they had a match and in, in picture in picture, but it's really, and that's unique. And that's, and that's something that's nice to do. Like it's nice to do a time limit draw, but having, the lion's share of a match happen in the picture in picture and a commercial break and coming back abruptly right into the finish just was a real bummer for me. So that that was a match that like I was getting into when they announced it. I was like, oh, their Colorado looked fun in it, but didn't get to see basically any of it. So kind of a bummer for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the match was, you know, pretty much exactly what I thought it would be. Um, 
I, I got, I gotta be honest. I kind of like it a little more knowing that it was mostly in the ad break. And then they just came back from the break and he immediately won. Uh, because my thought while I was watching it is I was a little frustrated. Nobody gets more meaningless matches just to have a television match than Darby Allen in this promotion where they just go, Hey, it's dynamite. Uh, and Darby Allen's going to wrestle this guy. And there's no, you know, story reason for it. No justification for it other than, Hey, Darby Allen is, is the star we made. Uh, and we, we think we should feature him in television matches constantly um which is good but uh i guess while while i was watching it i was like yeah okay i know this match is going to be i know darby's going to win um couldn't we have like couldn't the gun club kill a guy in an ad break and get a and get a <laughs> big win over you know some babyface team uh in an ad break to establish them and further their thing about how they're undefeated right yeah uh it just felt like I don't know. In a in a promotion where there's such a uh, 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 appetite for time, is that no? There's so, so much competition for television time in the promotion. Uh, I guess I was just like, Darby doesn't need the benefit of all this extra television time. Like Darby is super established. He's a star in the promotion. He's super fine. You can heat him up for his big MJF program with just the, the angle that they did later in the show. He doesn't also have to have a Nick Camarado match for, for basically no reason. Um, meanwhile, you have 60 other people who are trying to find their footing. Who's like, maybe you could put them on TV and they could, you know, kill a jobber in five minutes coming out of an ad break. Uh, and it would, it would just be, that television time would be worth a hundred times to the gun club than it would to Darby Allen. Yeah. Especially because Darby's in this MJF feud. So this is completely just an out of context match. So you could have yeah. used it and for he, something he gets else. more of those out of context matches than anybody else in the company. I think. Yeah. At, at least on dynamite, I would say that the fact that Hikaru Shida, this was her first televised match since uh, being on, uh, since losing the title, but has had, 13 matches on dark just to have matches on dark is the only other person I would say kind of has that, but it's a very similar. Yeah. No, that, I, yeah I'm the, the dark mat, those none, no, the dark matches count to me at all. Cause they, they're, they're totally invisible to me. Um, but yeah, for television matches, you know, dark, I don't know. Does Darby ever wrestle on dark anymore? Uh, no, it's right. <laughs> occasionally, but it's, really? it, it's like once maybe a month he'll be on either darker elevation and he'll win a match in two minutes. Or if it's against a televised person, like a, not a Daniel Garcia, cause I already had that match, but like someone of that ilk, it'll go eight minutes and he'll win. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's kind of a weird complaint to have, I suppose, because that is what they should be doing is like, Hey, Darby's one of our big stars. You should be able to, you know, see Darby with some regularity when you turn into our television show. You know, Moxley probably has a good amount of those totally contextless matches that they just announced to have a Moxley match. He's probably like second place behind Darby in terms of those. So I get it that that's, um, you know, a way to underline that these guys are stars. Uh, but it, you know, at some point you've reached a uh, a, a diminish a level of diminishing returns with how often you just put those guys in meaningless matches just to have them. Oh yeah, for sure, 
for sure. But we need to get a strength of schedule going in AEW and how it applies to things. Like we get, there's too many cheap wins here. Too many cheap wins here. But uh, listener deletes uh, Alex Ron Johnson saying two different things were up next. They really hammered home up next, and something else was up next tonight. And then uh, Thoros had one that I was really, really pissed about, but I was going to save it for his listener delete. And that is telling people to turn in 10 minutes early to see the entrances and not showing Brian Danielson's. And I like to, to just add an addendum. It wasn't just on social media. It was not on television either, which just felt like insane to me, Nate. Just, yeah, did, you had all... Did, they did, how, how, did Danielson not enter or what, how did he not? So... So, so the deal was that they had it streaming 10 minutes so they could start the show with everyone in the ring ready to yeah. go. So they like filled time and they, like they introduced like Jim Ross and like Tony Schiavone. And then there was like awkward silence for a little bit. And then they started doing the entrances. All of the super elites entrances happened. Uh, Jurassic Expresses happened. Christians happened. And then they cut the feed. And oh, no Danielson entrance. Huh? That's funny. Um, yeah, seems like if you if you're going out of your way to turn into something to see the entrances, you should give the people the entrances. Yes, I I mean it was all about the boom. We got the boom, but you also want to be. I think it's born for greatness is his name. I I don't have a really good pun there. Just really wild the the, the fact that that happened and just kind of irked me. I'm glad that kind of irked others as well. This episode of Everything Elite is brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. With over $500,000 in contest prize money up for grabs, the NFL is back in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie. And what you need, and what you can do with this is you head to MyBookie.ag to choose from a variety of boosts and free bets and get in on the fan-favorite $100,000 super contest, which costs only $10 to enter. And this is what you do. This is a season-long thing. And what you do is you pick five games against the spread each week, and each win gets you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. So you, you hop in, in there. It's still early in the season. You can make up your points there. And in order to get you started on the Super Contest, you make your first deposit at mybookie.ag and use the promo code ELITE to receive instantly double your deposit. That's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code ELITE. And Nate, I did look up one, one, there's one bet I wanted to talk to you about real quickly here, but, but before we get out of this ad break here, the 2021-2022 College Football National Championship pool. They still have this open here, and University of Miami, our alma mater, is still listed do you want to take a guess at what the odds are for the two and three University of Miami, Florida, the University of Miami, Florida Hurricanes are right now? Just take a guess. Really, two and three? That is dire, dude. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it's been a really bad. What did year. we start? What did we start ranked at? Like fourteen? It, it, it was like top fifteen. Yeah, no, like yeah. really overrated there. But yeah, we're still we're we're still listed. You can still put money on the University of Miami of Florida Hurricanes uh, though. 50,000 50, to 1. 50,000 to 1, is it? God damn it. <laughs> Not the worst odds in the pool. Not the worst odds. Wait, was that it? Yeah, it's it, they're plus 50,000. Holy shit. 
<laughs> Dude, I should be a bookmaker, apparently. I nailed that. Uh, apparently so. So schools have better odds <laughs> than University of Miami to win the college football national titles. Wake Forest has half the odds at plus 25,000. Wake Forest. Right That's now. a better bet. Better bet is Wake Forest right now. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, plus 40,000. The worst odds, however, are for University of Tennessee, Cal, Minnesota, Stanford, uh, Arizona, Army. It feels kind of weird betting on Army for college football, by the way. Uh, Duke and Oregon State, who are at plus 75,000. Those are the only ones that are worse than University of Miami right now. Yeah, I guess at least we're not Duke. We can always take pride in not being Duke. We are not Duke. And you could bet on this and a whole lot more and get on the Super Contest at mybookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, everywhere, or anywhere with mybookie using promo code ELITE. So going down the rest of the show, well, the show opened up as we were just talking about with the eight-man tag. It was the super elite of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole versus Brian Danielson, Christian, and the Jurassic Express consisting of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. The finish was a quadruple BTE trigger on Jungle Boy. And this was a this was fun, but this match was not one of the better uh eight-man tags. And it was an eight-man tag that I would say had some moments that went wrong pretty badly nate yeah i mean the floor for this match is a super high floor obviously so it was still probably i think the second best match on the show but you know kind of uh yeah it's funny it's like kind of knew all the beats that it was going to go through uh oh they just signed bobby fish (laughs) yeah just just got the fucking graphic Sky Blue has not had the graphic yet, but Bobby Fish has. I honestly, I uh, so just going totally far afield from the from this match. I like seventy five percent through the Bobby Fish match. Uh, Tony Schiavone was like, "No, oh, this is part of the TNT Open Challenge." He's like, "That's this is the first time it's been mentioned that this is part of the Open Challenge." Like, Sammy won the belt. Bobby did this tweet. They kept saying that it was Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door, even yeah. though. He doesn't work for another company. It's not like he's uh, hey, working he works, in New Japan. He he's in the MLW 2021 Opera Cup. Okay, <laughs> so, so, so but he know, doesn't work for but, other companies. Yes, right, yeah, that's, right. that's not a. We know that's not a forbidden door situation. Going back to the earliest days of AEW, that the the MLW contracts are just fake. Um, but they kept saying forbidden door, and it's like, well, it's not a forbidden door. He's literally just a guy who got fired because he's 70 years old. Um, but okay. And then all of a sudden, Tony was like, this is part of the TNT Open Challenge, that we're doing an open challenge for this belt. Um, and I was like, oh, that's weird that they just decided in the middle of this match that it's going to be an open challenge match. Uh, and I, my hope was, oh, Tony decided that he's not signing Bobby Fish because of this match. So now it's an open challenge match. Uh, but apparently that's not the case, even though, you know, he didn't fucking show me anything in that match. That was, that match was absolutely the lowest point for the crowd on this show was the Bobby Fish and Sammy Guevara match, even though Sammy was very over and got uh, big reactions coming out. Um, yeah, so I don't get that at all. That's, that's a weird move. At least they got the music, I guess. Anyway, opening match on this show, uh, was like the, the floor version of a, Young Bucks, eight-man, blow-away 
indie atomico tag match right where yeah everybody does their dives everybody gets an awesome shine segment they make all these guys look like a million bucks um you know everybody's uh sliding in and out of the ring and coming into focus when appropriate uh except that like <laughs> kenny did the weirdest botch i've ever seen on his assisted power bomb to luchasaurus that was really weird uh and then they also did a weird big like injury angle to christian in the middle of the match uh and then the other weird element is like oh you have brian danielson is is here in this match who like wants to do his uh i'm super violent i'm gonna kick your head in and do my cattle mutilation stuff uh but now i'm also like in the middle of this comedy feud with the goofball elite uh yeah so yeah it was weird uh but still probably you know the second best match on the show because that's just kind of the baseline for these guys yeah no it was something that i like it when matches go a little bit awry I like it when, like, so, like it shows you humanity and it shows that, like, yeah, no, like, the Young Bucks are, if not the best tag team of all time, they're a top three tag team. But sometimes things don't work out for them. Sometimes Nick has to really reach out to touch uh, Christian's butt on a Indy Taker to the floor. Sometimes a quadruple power bomb, you're just not going to make it work out with it. But it was just something that, yeah, no, I felt like that other than, like, you're not going to compare the reaction that Hangman got to anything else on the show. You're not going to like that. That match was insane enough. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. This was the number two match on the show. Just was just uh, it was the floor, not the ceiling, not the ceiling there. Uh, and then after the match, we had John Moxley backstage. He was going nuts. He's going nuts at home with his daughter. He is going nuts because no one can pin him. No one can submit him. So now they're going to put him in a ladder match. But you think I've never done a ladder match before. And he was doing his promo, just going wild. Like, really seems like that having a daughter at home, or at least it's the thing he was implying. Seems like John Moxley not getting a lot of sleep right now. And that's what we got in that promo. Yeah. Um, that was great. Just a great, you know, great unpredictable thing that only Moxley could say um that his his daughter's insane or whatever and and that's gonna drive him to be an even crazier pro wrestler um you know that's why he's you know one of the best guys in the state absolutely then we had CM Punk coming out he came out wearing black and red uh Nikes he did a crowd dive he did a whole bunch of Philly stuff talking about when he was with Ring of Honor and led the ROH training school and was very proud and dated himself saying that he got himself a iPod and a laptop and he felt like the richest guy in the world because he got through pro wrestling. Then he tried to cater to the crowd talking about cheesesteaks. He missed up, he messed up, said cheesecake, and then there and then he was got the crowd back by saying, What do you want? Cheesesteaks or cheesecakes? And he was like, Yeah, it's like, do you want me to buy those for you? Yeah, it's like you can go buy your own cheesesteaks. <laughs> and then he challenged Daniel Garcia gave his sneakers to a kid in an orange Cassidy get up in the front row. And we have that match coming up for rampage. Yeah. I mean, that kid doesn't, the, the kid's got front row tickets. He doesn't need free fucking shoes. <laughs> like I don't, free. Wow. Well, I'm such a great baby face. I'm going to give, give the kids some free, some free $500 shoes. The kid's in the front row. Yeah. 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 Next to like fans. Give the kid that... in the fucking back row, the free shoes. That's so annoying to me. Nate, what he should have done is grab, tied them up, swung them around, and just launched it into the crowd. But that might have been an incident. But yeah, no, the front row. Why are you giving to the kid? Yeah, they would have been. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe people would have fought over the shoes or oh. whatever. But I don't it's know, that was so that was so silly to me. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he almost lost them when he said cheesecakes. Like, the, the energy got weird. Like, there was booing. <laughs> he almost lost them when he said cheesecakes, which is... Uh, Incredible. Such a, such a funny... Man, people fucking love being territorial about their foodstuffs. Yeah, I, I feel like now he has to go to each town and be like, all right, Norfolk, Virginia, let, let's talk about your crab boils. You know, like he... And he has to nail it or else the crowd's going to eat him alive and he's got to offer to buy them their regional delicacy. Yeah, that's right. After that, we had Arn Anderson lighting things on fire, tossing a blazer in a barrel. The camera went up and it was revealed that it was Cody and Brandy's backyard. Cody was just like, what are you doing here? What are, what's going on here? Arn uh, had him remove his tie when he came out there. And Cody's like, you don't need to throw my tie in the fire. You don't need to do that. And then Arn just like disrespectfully just slapped him. And then Cody went like here, here. And, you know, Arn Anderson over the past seven days has just had a complete renaissance of just being a violent old man. And it kind of rules right now. Yeah, I mean... I guess kind of a novel idea, like, hey, uh, I know we've put Arn Anderson on television uh, for like a year straight, and he's just been a waste of space and not done anything. Um, and uh, I know we've been doing that, but hey, what if we make him be fucking out of his mind and engaging on the microphone and do weird skits where he's lighting trash fires in Cody's backyard? Um, yeah, th these two weeks are, you know, e by far the two most interesting things that Art Anderson's done in this company. And I would say basically the only interesting things that Art Anderson's done in this company. Um, so, you know, kudos to them on, on that, I guess, where it's like, wow, you know, you really uh, annoyed us with Art Anderson and this promotion for X number of months. Uh, and then now you're actually going to do something weird and unpredictable and, uh, you know, kind of exciting with them. Uh, that's, that's kind of surprising, but I'll, I'm in for it. Yeah, it's something where I feel like that Arn Anderson is just going to be being the crap out of Cody for like the next while, I guess, before he gets his head on straight so he can go and finally face Malachi Black with his head on straight. And I'm here for it. I mean, he's already talked about pulling guns. He slapped someone that is his, uh, I guess he's not, he no longer quit being his head coach. I guess he's back to being the head coach now and he burnt his clothes. So I'm excited to see what Arn Anderson's going to do next week. Like there's a lot of ways we can go with this and all of them I feel like are equally interesting uh after that was the tnt title match sammy guevara versus bobby fish sammy won with a gth that i will give bobby fish credit he took that gth and made it look like murder here uh, uh we've already kind of talked about this uh bobby fish did get dance away that tony is willing to go license production music from roh for because people tweeted him to do that maybe he was like i like dance away that's going to be his theme here still up uh, post-match uh men of the year and america top team came out beat down sammy fuego came out for the save got beat down immediately then jericho and hager came out to clear the ring lambert grabbed the mic as we were bailed he was mad about the fans cheering hated philly calls miami his city says that jorge masvidal is the sheriff of miami he's the one who runs this town and then charge and then challenges the inner circle versus men of the year and junior dos santos for Miami, Jericho grabbed a mic. It immediately broke. Lambert, all the while, is just basically losing on the microphone. Best, best Dan Lambert performance, I would say, while being in the promotion. He grabs a new one and then immediately accepts. 
I'm uh I can't remember who it was. It was probably it was either Thoros or TJ Hawk who did just an absolutely devastating own of Tony Khan on this Bobby Fish thing. Um, you know, just about how uh, you know, thinking that Bobby Fish is good exposes Tony Khan as being a certain type of Ring of Honor message board poster who, you know, believes in the mediocre white guy work rate bullshit. Um and I can't remember who it was, but that's all I can TJ Hawk did the, the other good tweet about, uh, you know, the hypothetical scenario of Bobby Fish, a man who has had precisely, precisely four good matches in his life, uh, getting a dynamite tryout match in the opener slot, the biggest lock in wrestling to have a hot crowd and then getting signed off it, which is not exactly what happened because Bobby Fish fucking killed the crowd in this match for a good portion of the middle of it, um, but still got his deal anyway. Um so, you know, right idea, but uh, I guess really the, the, you know, the tweet proven correct by uh, Bobby Fish even failing to clear that low bar and still getting a contract. You know, the match was fine. It was fine. He's fine. The end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'll be excited each time I hear it dance away, but then I'll be like, oh, I'm watching a Bobby Fish match. Right. You know? If we still get dancing away, dance away after this, I mean, maybe Mikey I, Ruckus. No, I think Mikey Ruckus did do a tweet that it's like he he did a, a theme for him if they couldn't get Dance Away. So I think okay. that means that Dance Away was their priority. Uh, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I was just annoyed. I was annoyed that they got Dance Away. It's like, God damn it. I don't want one thing to be happy about with this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, you, doesn't, you wanna... he, doesn't, he doesn't fucking need the favor. Yeah, you, you want your hate to remain pure. You yeah. don't really want anything tainting it. I, I totally get that. Uh, after that, uh, we went to a bunch of segments again. Uh, the acclaimed were backstage, or they weren't even backstage. They were sitting on a set of stairs. Max Caster wrapped and was challenging Lucha Bros for the t- for the tag team titles on Friday. So pretty loaded rampage already between that and Punk and Daniel Garcia. After that, came back for commercial. Tony Schiavone is in the ring officially announced the TBS championship mentioned that Aubrey Edwards is the senior official. I, I Aubrey made a look of, I didn't know I was the senior official. And likewise, I did not know that Aubrey Edwards was the senior official until just now. Yeah, I guess so. And then we had JR and Darby in a sit down. JR brought up the face. Was Earl paint. Hebner in this promotion or was that just at all in? He was right. Yeah. Wasn't yeah, Earl yeah. Hebner here for like two months. Mike Kyoto too. Mike Kyoto was here for one match. Yeah, I certainly remember the Mike Kyo- the 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 much heralded Mike Kyoto match where it fucking <laughs> Mike Kyoto got the Bobby Fish treatment. It was like, hey, Mike Kyoto's here. Ooh, roll out the red fucking carpet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can. That's a weird. Earl Hebner was in this company for like, I don't know. Maybe he's still on the on the roster and in a backstage stealing money. Uh, yeah. Anyway, hey, I I mean just don't just don't let him be around merch. I guess you know I mean that's the thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then we had uh, Jr. and Darby. Jr. brings up the face paint. Darby talked about his uncle and how he feels dead inside, and kind of going over the the, the backstory about his uncle being a drunk driver and killing himself in a car wreck that Darby was in the car as well, and Darby survived, and that's how he feels half dead inside. He, and then he closing out the segment, he said he's seen someone like Max a thousand times before, but Max has never faced a Darby Allen. So 
I thought that that was pretty effective. I, th- I, I, Isn't I mean, there something it, they've said on commentary like 15 times? About especially when, yeah. yeah, especially when they were first uh, starting up the Darby push. I think they told the story about, yeah, he yeah, you know, got in the car with his drunk uncle and he died. And that's why he painted his face. It, it felt like it's been in the text of this promotion for a year plus. So it's a little, a little annoying to then do a big, big show of like, oh, Max is going to say it for heat. And then we're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be honest and tell you about it, JR, in a big interview. And it's like, everyone knows already. Yeah, no. Uh, that's why I thought like the, the part where he was like, oh, yeah, no, that happened. And then he brought up like, OK, Max is going to have a unique experience. Like, that's what saved this segment. I feel like was Darby at the end, like talking about that, because the rest of it, you're absolutely right. It, it's well-trodden territory at this point. And then we had Darby Allen versus Nick Camarado. We talked about that before. Darby won with a coffin drop coming back from break. Afterwards, QT Marshall tried a diamond cutter that Sting no-sold, and then he kicked them below and hit a scorpion death drop because Sting is cool enough that he can just shake off uh, DDP's finish. Yeah. Uh, it is. We've reached a point now, I guess, with Sting where he has to do this on every show. He has to, to death drop somebody. Um but I was super impressed by his no sell. I don't, because he's, you know, 60 plus years old or whatever. I guess they just positioned it super perfectly where he was right next to the ropes, but he got up in a fucking flash. Like it was the smoothest thing you'd ever see where he took that bump and then um, he's right back on his feet. And it was like, that's a fucking pro, man. That guy has no sold stuff 2,000 times and he knows how to do it. And I'm just <laughs> like, man, I'm not getting tired of that. Yeah, he, he's just he 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 has the power of being over, and he just no sells things. And he got up so quickly that for a second I was like, did he shove him off? It's like, oh no, he just did not act like it was a thing. I was like, hell yes, Dan. I don't know. He must. He I think he used the ropes to get his, immediately on his feet, but like not even mm-hmm. you know you you don't notice for a second where it like sticks out to you. He's like, oh, he pulled himself up. Like no, he's just on his feet now. Fucking a pro, man. What a king. What a king. Uh, we went backstage for some promos again. Uh, Dark Order is now a horizontally organized uh, co-op. And uh, Evil Uno said, hey, we're going to do everything as a family. We're going to do it. We're going to vote on this. And then John Silver put up the claw and everyone else did. And he was like, hey, hey, hey. John Silver has a great laugh for that. And John Silver got angry because Al- because now Alan Angels is unmasked. And he wants Alan Angels to put the mask back on because without the mask, he looks just like Stu Grayson because John Silver does not. Ha- he's face blind. He's face blind. They all flicker and then Anna snapped them all back into shape. Yeah, I um, so I I hated this storyline basically throughout it anyway. So I'm not I'm not coming to it from a place where it's like I'm not a I'm not a partisan party on this storyline. Um, the whole thing where they all just dump on Alan Angels that should have been the fucking progress they made where they stopped doing that now, but they just kept doing it again where it's like hey we all fucking hate alan angels we're gonna make fun of him all the time and that's the big joke you know like we're in middle school or whatever um that should be where we fucking see any sort of development or progress or any sort of fucking purpose to this storyline uh but they you know that's they think that's big big money because it's so funny that they're all like hey you fucking suck and you smell blah blah blah. um this is i mean he and he doesn't, 
It, it's not like he's also just like actually their friend and it's like all part of the bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not their he's not their friend. <laughs> he doesn't like them. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he like actually dislikes them or anything, but sure. In in vlog canon, he doesn't like them for that reason, and that's why he hangs out with all the people on Sammy Guevara vlog because, uh, you know, they do the this hack joke where it's like, hey, we all think you suck all the time, um, and it's like, hey, maybe. This whole fucking story where it's all about how we're fighting each other and bickering and we don't like each other. Maybe the, you know, change in our characters and our arcs that could actually carry forward is like, hey, let's stop doing this one hack joke where it's like, hey, this guy sucks. Uh, That would have been good, but they didn't do it uh, because they're, you know, it's a fundamentally juvenile act. So whatever. That's fine. It's pro wrestling. Not going (laughs) to. I mean, I guess I am. I'm going to spend the last two minutes pretending that it's like not pro wrestling and like doing stupid juvenile shit isn't half the point um yeah but that would have been good to see that would have been like hey something actually came out of this stupid storyline that i hated yeah no it, it it's something that's like all right like the like the big thing would have been john silver being like hey buddy you don't just look like uh, Stu grayson you are your own guy and they have like a nice all moment you're like all right now you actually feel like a yes. coherent group yes the, a, a big cheesy awe moment would have been not only like an actual finish to the storyline, but like probably funnier. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just one of those things that Dark Order is one of those things that I fundamentally like a lot, but the last few months of stuff with Dark Order just really has been, has me back on the, uh, the thing of like, has Dark Order played out at Stringer or not, but groups don't break up in this promotion. That just does not happen unless well, the they, Young Bucks beat they do. you. They're, 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 all groups are constantly in a state of breaking up, but then they, it true. just doesn't happen. It's just an eternal eternal breakup. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it's like a bad relationship that you just can't, you know, cut the string there. So, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, 
and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Then we had the Dante Martin and Malachi Black segment. Dante's here to fight everyone. Good promo from Dante. Dante, surprisingly, like, it's one of those things that I feel like, I know we talked about this a little bit before, we feel like that Dante was, like, a work in progress. Instead, he is closer to being, like, fully actualized, like, reaching his potential to begin with. Uh, the lights going out. Malachi Black came out. Black missed and the spin kick and the blackout. And then for a second, I thought he kicked him out of frame because the, when the, it, when lights came back up, he would, Dante was out of the ring, but Malachi Black accepted. So that was awesome. I, I, I'm really stoked for that match when that, whenever that match happens. Then we had the Ricky Starks, Brian Cage thing. Uh, then we went to the back. Uh, we had these quick fire promos that we were talking about earlier. Thunder Rosa, Sky Blue, Ruby Soho, and Jake Cargill are in the TBS title tournament. Jade, of course, wanted everyone to know that. Uh, I, I I missed the quote. I you see, Aaron usually writes these that bit show that, that bit, bit show. show. Yeah, yeah, that it's going to be that bit show title. Uh, Sky Blue had very much like the first day of school promo. You would say. So, yes, I mean, I've seen Sky Blue like at AEW or whatever, probably half a dozen times. It's definitely the first time I've ever heard her speak. Okay, Um, I was wondering. I was wondering (laughs) this because I was like, I didn't want to be mean to like how she cut a promo before because it it felt like it might have been the first time she's ever spoken, uh, judging by this, because it's like she's going to be soft spoken. Um, You know, it it works for her thing. She's got a very, uh, you know, fresh faced, uh, uh, attractive young woman or whatever. So it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't go against what her character is going to be in this promotion at this time. Uh, but it was very funny. It's like, oh, like you guys need to like boost her microphone a little bit or something because you can barely hear her. Yeah, yeah. That that was like the other thing I was wondering. I was like, is this a production thing or is she just a very soft spoken person? And is this like something that she's not very familiar with? And just all in all, it's like, hey, Sky Blue is sticking around. That's awesome. I'm all for that. And I was just like, oh. Oh, Sky, this was not that. But uh, I so we have like four women that are in the tournament. I know that uh, Nyla has tweeted about this. It's going to be real interesting to see how they kind of flesh this out, this title tournament, because it's already having like a strong first half of the uh, bracket, I would say. Yeah, I I, kind of don't care. I don't know. It's like, I don't. Why did we introduce the second singles belt? There's already there's still only going to be one match per show and there's already one belt. You need two belts when you have one match per show. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't care. Um, here's what I do care about. Okay. Jade does her that bitch show line. Good, good line. That's a funny line. Um, but we already heard it because she tweeted it. I don't know, two weeks ago. Uh, and fucking half the other women in the promotion did this also. 
because half the women responded on Twitter to the report by a friend of the show, Andrew Zarian of the Mad Men, that there's going to be, you know, the new women's title, the TBS title. And all these women just responded to it on social media when the promotion had not announced it and would not be announcing it. For, we, I, we need better social media discipline from the people on this promotion. <laughs> I, that's insane to me. You can't have Jade Cargill, uh, you know, boosting <laughs> dirt cheat reports that are like, hey, here comes this new title to AEW. <laughs> and Jade Cargill going, I'm going to win that. That's mine. That bitch show. Give me the title. <laughs> so we just we just had a fucking quote unquote big announcement from Tony Khan of this pointless second belt that everybody has known about for weeks because the ty- the people in the in the promotion, people in the division, the people in the tournament um, are reacting to the dirt sheet reports on Twitter. That's I, that can't happen. It, I will say that like that this very much is safeties are off on social media with this promotion with people. Like it does feel like that there's it, it, that like you you like see this thing you're like oh okay. The like not a lot of discretion there. However, Jade should be allowed to. I think Jade is like okay. the one person. <laughs> okay, that's I'll, I, that's a good argument. I can hear that. If you're Jade, you can do that. Uh, if you're Big Swole, you cannot do that. Yeah, no, no, no. But like J- Jade should be like, oh yeah, Andrew Saharian. He said this. This is gonna be that bit show title. Yeah, absolutely. So, but but no, it's it's um, it's something that like this became like the worst kept secret because everyone kept on commenting on it. Right. Okay, great. I'm so glad we got a big announcement of something that's (laughs) two-week-old news at this point. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, Then we had Hikaru Shida standing at 49 wins, going for her 50th win, of which she would win her 50th uh, match crystal trophy that is given to the Cutco bestseller in her division. It was against a returning Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb won with the Serenity Lock after really taking a whole lot of the match like like Hikaru Shida did not like steamroller like this was not a 50-50 match this was like Serena Deep taking this match 70-30 in the post match Serena Deep took the 50 match crystal and smashed over Hikaru Shida's head walked out there so I guess now we have a Serena Deep heel turn yeah well I mean she turned heel whenever the last time she was in this promotion was when she wrestled Riho on that I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so did everyone on commentary, which was very <laughs> annoying to me. Like, did, could did not she have heal been a tunnel? heel. Did she come out of the heel tunnel? I think they only had one uh, tunnel for that Daily's Place show because it oh, was. Oh no, the... I'm talking about tonight. I did not oh, know no, if I she did know. or didn't. Um, but you know, hey, so they got some good juice out of this angle. I liked, um, you know, not just having her win the trophy right away is a more interesting thing than just having her win the trophy right away. And it gave Serena Deeb the first thing in this, in this company that she can latch on to is like, Hey, here's a little, a little bit of juice, a little bit of identity for Serena Deeb. That is like, I'm a heel and I'm such a heel. I did this to Hikaru Shida. So that's great. You're getting, you're getting a lot out of a, of, of a, uh, you know, what was basically a booking fuck up by the, by the promotion uh, where they originally did this 50th match on dark or whatever. So, that's all good. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm annoyed that the commentary acted like Serena Deeb was a dyed-in-the-wool, um, you know, heel out of the blue. Like, it, it hadn't been very established in that Riho match. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Now, let's see if they do anything with either of the women. 
it's the first time that there was anything with Serena Deep in this company that I found slightly interesting was like that happening. And it's something that for someone that, I mean, really kind of adrift and yeah, she's had knee issues and she's had like, she had microscoping. I don't know what, if she got a procedure done on it again, but it's something that she needed some sort of juice or some sort of reason to be around here. And that at least gives that, gives that to Karashita. Now I feel like Karashita should constantly lose matches until she's like, until like it's against someone that's like, unless like uh, Alex Garcia comes back and that's who she gets her 50th win in like long losing streak like long losing streak that is just like julia hart ends up beating hikaru she like everyone like, like she can't get over the hump but then like suddenly it's like alex Gracia or danny jordan finally she gets the 50th one and she's like this is the trophy and everyone should attack her for the trophy post match by the way like every single person and so it's just like a husk of a trophy by the time she gets it all right then we had alex marvez as darby allen was heading out of the arena uh they they said that darby that mjf challenged darby for a match next week darby said of course i accept then a whole bunch of dang ninjas came out there were guys dressed in all black wearing baklavas came out and beat the living shit out of darby some of them came out of a out of a limo one of them picked up a camera for whatever reason and it was very clear that it was all the pinnacle especially because you could see one of the FTR guys wearing the peg jeans like, like that kind of gave up the ghost there. And also the fact that one guy was significantly bigger than the rest, picked him up, threw him into a bunch of barricades and picked them up and gave him the F10 onto the barricades. So we already have MJF taking out Darby of a match that was announced not more, not less than three minutes beforehand. Um, uh, I did a, I did a caddy post about Bobby fish on the, yeah, I, 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 I saw that someone actually hit, hit you with a ratio on that. Yeah, I've, I've muted, I think, 10 repliers. <laughs> here's a beautiful thing. If you reply to me and disagree with me, I just put you on mute forever. Um, and then you don't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so this, this, this angle, they, Sean Spears, the chair joker, hits him with the chair, right? And then, and then takes the camera from the cameraman, right? And then they have a second cameraman who's there only for the purposes of showing that Sean Spears took the first camera, right? Right, yes. Why? Buddy, I'm still trying to wrap my head the around only, it as well. The only, only, <laughs> the only reason, the only uh, way that him having the camera came into play at all is he did a very cringe Joker laugh a couple times. <laughs> they they had, they sent the second camera person over there to firmly establish over and over again for the audience, Sean Spears has the camera. Only so that there was some kind of explanation for why he was doing a stupid Joker laugh directly into the microphone. That's That is the only conclusion I can reach. Uh, and that is the only thing I thought about during this entire set. It just was like such a thing that I was like, oh, why are y'all in baklava to begin with? Like, it's it's like thing like the limo came out. It's like, oh, the pinnacle is cutting out limo. You could have just had them all get out there. Like, you didn't need to do this. Like, this was like a like a secret ops beat down when you have one guy who's significantly bigger than the rest. Someone being a joker, someone wearing peg jeans. Like, that was the thing that kind of I was like, why are we doing this this way? 
And then, and then I'll have to say, Darby did that F10 that Warlow did that was on top of a bunch of barricades and a stop sign. Stop sign there for whatever reason was really, really sick. But it's just there, there were a lot of things going on in this segment that I would, I, I, I don't really want an explanation. I'm wondering if now the Pinnacle are just going to become like a Secret Forces unit that just wear baklavas everywhere. I'm wondering if that's their next thing. After that, we had Leo Rush backstage. Leo, LBO Leo backstage saying he's a big fan of Dante Martin, who he knew can't see this right now because of all the mess, you know. He's LBO Leo because he's a businessman. Dante is hurting and he's an undervalued commodity. And he offered his guidance for the Malachi match. So LBO Leo, two for two, I'd have to say. Like, I was a big fan of this segment. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, that's a good good pairing, Leo and Dante. Um, I like that. Yeah. Then the last segment we had of the night was uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with Britt Baker, Rebel, and uh, Jamie Hayter. Britt said that the uh, new TBS title should be the Cartoon Network title. Now all the jealous people in the back can fight amongst themselves and stop assessing, obsessing over her, and she'll just be up here watching from the top. So I like the fact that like Britt was like, all right, y'all go do this. This means that y'all aren't coming for me. I thought that that was pretty solid out of her. Cartoon Network title, though, I mean, there's other parts of the Warner Media portfolio that I feel like she got a title before, Cartoon Network. I feel like, I know Court TV is no longer a thing, but the Court TV title, I feel like, had an opportunity there. There's just a lot of other options that Cartoon Network, other than she's calling them all clowns, I guess. Yeah, this this current TBS logo just has no, no, no capital to it whatsoever. No equity with this TBS logo. They got. They should have used. It doesn't look good on the belt. It does not look good on. Yeah, a belt. well, it doesn't look good. And I mean, in general, nobody cares about it. Um, and yeah, they should have done the the classic TBS lettering, the the big serifs, um, you know, in all caps instead of this. I mean, I, I, that, I'm sure it's not an option at all, but, you know, the, TN, the TNT title has a little zing to it. It's got a little bit of, uh, you know, flavor. Got a little got a little equity from the TNT brand, the Monday Nitro. Um, you know, just the logo. The logo looks a little mm-hmm. more. The TBS is just fucking Family Guy channel and goofy little, you know, it looks like a 20... It looks like a vertical. It looks like a 2017 corporate rebrand. Right. Because that's what it is. And it just, you know, <laughs> doesn't have anything. There's nothing to it. Uh, are you familiar with what the current TBS motto is? Um, I, I think somebody... So it's not very funny or no, very no. funny or we're comedy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's something since those. Always here for a good time. Okay. They stole my phrase. They stole my phrase somewhat. Whereas is that TNT, your phrase? I, I say something, I'm just like, yeah, I had a great time. I, I'm having a good time here. This <laughs> match was a good time. You know, I say that a those lot. Aren't, <laughs> you, okay, those aren't catch me. Good, you don't get exclusive rights to saying good time, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm the TV shows. But the TV show's claim date has been gone for a long time. I, I came in here first. So this this came out with this in 2020. I've been saying things. I had a great time. I had a good time for a while. No, no, I had a great time. That's just normal conversation. <laughs> you cannot lay claim to I had a great time. Um, 
uh, TNT says boom, which you know, you know, TNT dynamite. Yeah, boom. okay, fantastic. Uh, true TV, funny because it's true. Tru USA Network is no longer characters welcome. It is now here for the characters. So we got to talk to these ad wizards about how, these mottos. How, this is the direct downgrade. It's like, oh, we, this character welcome thing, this is over. Uh, so let's change it to something more unwieldy and, uh, you know, less simple. That's, that's, you know, when you can do that, that's when you're a master of branding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we had the main event casino ladder match. The entrance order was Orange Cassidy with the Philadelphia 76ers mascot, Franklin the Dog. Pack, Andrade, Matt Hardy, Lance Archer, who came in during a commercial break, John Moxley, and then the hang, and then the Joker, of course, was Hangman Adam Page. Page won after they were fighting on top of the ladder, and that match was insane. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on the match before we get out of here? No. All right. So that was Dynamite. What we have looking ahead on Rampage, we have a tag team titles match: Lucha Brothers versus the Acclaimed. CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia, Jake Cargill versus Sky Blue. For the FTW title, we have a Philly Street fight, Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. As they're moving Dynamite to Saturdays next week, we don't really have anything for the next televised show after that. There'll be Rampage in Miami on the 15th, and they'll be back the next night with Dynamite. If you'd like to support Everything Elite, the best way to do that is at patreon.com slash everything elite we have three tiers three dollars five dollars eight dollars here's the deal for three dollars you get our weekly show aew light it comes out every wednesday morning and that is aaron and i previewing dynamite talking about a dark elevation and road to and nate with the bte quickets at five dollars you get access to all of our shows we've been it'll be two years in after full gear this year, it'll be two years of this. I think I, I saw it was like 400. It's maybe not 400 shows because there's other postings, but we, we that we've been doing this now for two years, so it's over 200 shows easily, including World Tour. That is our new show that we launched with Rampage, where every weekend we rotate around and we talk about AEW Rampage. We also do bonus shows. This week, Aaron and I did. The first part of this is Brian Danielson, where we picked five matches and talk about Brian Danielson's career through it. In the first episode, we went through the Roderick Strong match from 2005, and the next three matches, one of those is one of my favorite matches of all time that we talk about in the second part, the Brian Danielson versus Shingo Takagi from Dragon Gate USA, but that will be coming out next week. And then also, after every pay-per-view, we do live reactions, and at $8, you can uh, get our live stream. So, so for every single live reaction, not just for pay-per-views, you can hop on into YouTube and listen to us live. And for $5 and $8, also, we have our Discord where we hang out throughout the week and especially hang out during Dynamite and Rampage, just talking with all of our lovely patrons. It's a good time. It's, the, it's easily the most chill Discord server I'm a part of, so... You could get all of that at patreon.com slash everything elite. And do you have anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here, Nate? No. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. You could follow us at everything elite. Nate is at Epidesis. I am at Fuji Heya. Aaron is at Aaron like the car. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash everything elite. 
or also go to mybookie.ag, use promo code ELITE to instantly double your deposit. You get a double deposit bonus. But that's going to do it. So for Aaron, for Nate, I'm Mike. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Okay.